Welcome to the After Show with ESO, found here only on the Monty and the Pharaoh channel. And while we're on the subject of Monty and the Pharaoh, you can find them live every Thursday on YouTube, Twitch, and Facebook. You can also find them streaming on Spotify, Anchor, Apple Music, and all the other streaming services out there. They're definitely worth checking out, but chances are if you're at my show, you were at theirs a little bit earlier. So welcome everybody, and uh, thanks for stopping by. Uh, this is ESO, and uh, let's get going. Now, we have another little can show. Soon we will be going live so that we can interact directly with you in the chat. But for now, we're doing some can shows to get everything, a little bit, all the kinks worked out. And uh, we'll be with you live soon. So tonight, we're going to start by touching on the Elimination Chamber. And I have to say, ESO has to eat some crumb. Um, I was not sold going into the Elimination Chamber, but I will tell you that it was one hell of a pay-per-view. I, I thought it was kind of going to be a little bit of a blow-off going into WrestleMania, but they did put on one hell of a show. Um, let's get into some of it. Asuka winning that women's sh the women's elimination chamber match was sick. Asuka, you deserved it. Uh, great match overall. The women put on one hell of a show. Liv Morgan is a sick individual. I don't know why you have to put your body on the line like that, young lady, but wow, you definitely... That, that jumping off the chamber, the oh, the flip, well, I, I don't even know what to say. And then I read a couple days later that she wants to do more and more hardcore matches and cage matches and things like that. Wow. But just don't cut your career too short by putting your putting your body on the line there. You know, it's uh, it's really taxing. But, you know, thank you for a one hell of a performance. You know, next, we had uh, Bobby Lashley and Brock Lesnar. And as I predicted, they beat the hell out of each other. Great match. Not quite sure where it goes from here. Um, Bray Wyatt is going to now face Lashley because Lashley won by DQ, I guess. Because I think that was the deal that Bray said was he was going to go after the winner of that match. But does that mean maybe Brock was afraid to fight Bray? I don't know. The whole thing seems stupid. Not looking forward to the to Bray and Bobby, but... Hey, it is it is what it is, and Brock and Bobby, you put on one hell of a show. You guys are, are definitely uh, two great main eventers. Um, from there, we probably my uh, only sour note on the night is Edge and Beth going over Finn and Rhea. Rhea is the hottest woman in the industry right now. Why would you not put her over? And Finn Balor, Finn Balor over Edge. Come on. we got 20-plus years age difference. That made zero sense. Just for the cheap pop because we were in Canada? No, come on, guys. Think beyond that. It's the only reason you bring Edge back anyway for this is for the, the cheap Canadian pop. But no, that was... I'm not going to say it was a bad match. It was a good match, but the wrong people went over. And it was all for a cheap pop. That was not worth it. And then the next night with Edge facing Theory. You know what time I turned Raw off? At the beginning of the Edge Theory match. Because guess what? I knew Edge wasn't going to win. It was going to be a reason to write Edge off into the sunset so he can have another comeback in a few more months. Yay! Sorry. It's not, not my cup of tea. Can't stand Edge. 
Um, he's taking up a spot that somebody else should be getting right now. Um, Beth and Edge, you guys are legends. Not going to take that away from you. Finn and Rhea should have won that match, period. Now we get into that Austin Theory winning the out elimination match. The only, that was very, very predictable. Good match. Wasn't the ba- best match on the night, but it was a good match. The only other person that they really could have put over would have been Ford. I mean, Seth Rollins at any given time can take any given title. But the only other person that would have made any sense whatsoever would have been Ford. But really, we need to build Austin into that next level superstar. He needs to be in the main event picture so that Roman has some more competition and Cody has some more competition. Because right now, let's face it, there's nothing in the main event picture. You have you have Brock, Bobby, Roman, uh, Seth. You could put Sheamus and Drew McIntyre in there. Outside of that, what what real main event superstars do we have left? Kevin Owens, I don't really... He's not on their caliber. Uh, Sami Zayn is not on that caliber. I don't care how over he is. He's not a, He's not going to be a long-range main eventer. You might get some cheap pops with him, like a, but he's not... The longevity won't be with Sami Zayn. And, you know, Sami, please prove me wrong. Please, please prove me wrong. But I don't I don't see it. Well, then, while we're at it, why don't we get into that uh, the Roman, Zayn, Roman Reigns-Sami Zayn match. That was one hell of a match. I am not sure how Roman can keep tricking me like he does to make me think that he might lose that title. He had me believing Logan Paul might win that title when he was in Saudi Arabia. Then he had me believing Kevin Owens had a slight chance last month. And then this month he had me believing that Sami Zayn had a slight chance. He he sells a great story. Now, I'm not exactly a fan of the way they do it because if he was a dominant champion, he should just beat the heck out of some of these lower heavyweight contenders and and show his dominance. But, hey, he's... He ha- tells one hell of a story in that ring. He has you believing that every uh, every fall is, might just happen. Now, the way it ended, eh, kind of shaking my head at it. But, you know, we'll, we'll see what the culmination is at, the, uh, at WrestleMania because I think there is one more big swerve coming. And uh, a, friend of, a friend of mine, another uh, host on this network, he has a great swerve that he thinks is coming, and uh, I'm not going to spoil it. And and until he talks about it on air, then I'll then I'll talk about what he says he thinks is coming. But uh, yeah, there I, I don't think it's over yet. I think there there's more to come with it. Uh, overall, did it sell me WrestleMania? Um, not sure. WrestleMania is going to be it's going to be the biggest WrestleMania ever, no matter what, just because of the way they're positioning it, especially with the buyout coming out and everything else. They're positioning it to no matter what be the biggest WrestleMania ever. So there, there is that, that factor. Um, but it was a great pay-per-view, great matches on the pay-per-view, but I'm not going to say it sold WrestleMania to me. By looking forward to WrestleMania, yeah, I am. I, I can't wait to see Cody and Roman. Can't wait to see Charlotte and... Uh, and Rhea there. You know, I can't wait to see Asuka and Bianca. Um, I'm sure there's going to be some other phenomenal, phenomenal matches. John Cena and Seth is rumored. There's some great stuff that they, that they say is in the works. We'll see what happens. Really not hoping. I'm hoping it's not Bray Wyatt against Brock Lesnar. Uh, I can say that seeing Howdy in the ring last week with uh, with Bray Wyatt, it, it, didn't, it didn't make me have any emotion. I thought it was dumb. 
but hey, you know, and that's where they're trying to build the next generation wrestlers. That's where they're they're playing towards the kids. Just doesn't do it for me. But uh, so let's take a quick break, and we'll be back in just a minute. Hey, everybody, and welcome back to the after show found here on the Monty and the Pharaoh channel. So what do you guys think of all the great wrestling related programs out there that aren't necessarily wrestling? You, know, you have so many, so many cool things. And I'm not talking about the uh, the older stuff, Divas and Miss and Miz. Those guys have been out there for a while. But more of the, the stuff that's come out in the last year, year and a half. You know, first thing that comes to mind is the Young Rock. What a cool, cool show. It shows so much history, even though it's a little, uh, take it with a little bit of grain of salt. But wow, what a cool, cool show. It's uh, based on Dwayne Johnson in the future and looking back at his history from when he was a kid and uh, his dad being a pro wrestler, Rocky Johnson. And I will say that character who plays Rocky Johnson on The Young Rock, that dude does a hell of a job. Wow. Uh, so we had the soul, you know, we have, oh, stuff from Polynesian pro wrestling, his grandma, Atta, his mother, or his mother, Atta, his grandmother, uh, oh, everything. It's such a cool thing. They take a big look at Polynesian pro wrestling and the impact it had. I did not realize how often Polynesian pro wrestling ran some major, major cards, but they did. What would happen is these guys would be traveling. They would stop in Hawaii on their way to Japan and back. So Polynesian pro wrestling had everybody who was anybody go through there it's definitely definitely cool check out the history of it and yo definitely check out the young rock because you can kind of see uh see little bits and pieces of it play out there really cool this week was the uh they had a cameo of the late great carrie von eric and uh the Von Erichs are the story of the Von Erichs is is crazy. If you don't know about it, definitely check it out. There's a movie on them coming out sometime next year too, so watch out for it. Um, you know, you also had this past weekend the re-debut of biographies. This week they covered uh, it was uh, WWE biographies, and this week they covered NWO. It was actually pretty interesting to hear the different perspectives of it between Eric Bischoff. Hulk Hogan, who's full of shit. Uh, the late, great Scott Hall, Kevin Nash, X-Pac. They had everybody in there. It was, it was like, pretty cool to to relive the NWO moments and uh, even see the lasting the lasting appeal now 20-plus years later. That is crazy. 25 years of NWO. I would have never thought. So, uh, you know, you also had the, uh, the new episode of uh, arrivals with Hulk Hogan and Andre the Giant. I was actually very, very impressed by this this documentary. They actually went back to the 70s when Hogan w first came into the WWF and it, he WWF and he was the heel managed by classy Freddie Blassie going up against the face Andre. Kind of a whole different angle from the 85 or the 87 angle where Hogan was the consummate babyface and Andre was the the most hated heel I was a little kid at that point and man I hated Andre at that point wow it, it absolutely awesome it was it was so much fun to relive my childhood and watch that definitely recommend checking out those uh those episodes those 
wrestling shows that aren't necessarily wrestling. So, you know, check them out. They're all over the place right now. Uh, you, you have a, they're on A&E. There's more stuff coming. Oh, WWE Treasures is coming back. I cannot wait for that. I guess they're going to oh, be looking for the, uh, the uh, one of the crowns and, uh, oh, some uh, Roddy Piper's original bagpipes. Yeah, definitely, definitely looking forward to that. But uh, we got to take a quick break, and we'll be back in just a minute. I'll talk to you then. Hey everybody and welcome back to the after show So I'm actually going to do this next part without any notes Because I'm actually excited to talk about this This is We're going to talk about the 80s And how the Mid-Hudson Civic Center in Poughkeepsie, New York Affected the golden age of wrestling So let's start with some of the cool things that happened there You had the WWF debut of Randy Savage And him announcing Elizabeth at the at that same time that as his manager. So the debut of the Macho Man, the debut of Elizabeth, the debut of Slick. You had one of the one of the other things. Okay, Andre the Giant. Andre the Giant was known for his long locks. But did you know that in 1984, when he had them chopped off, that happened in the Mid Hudson Civic Center. That that was important. Paul Orndorff turned on Hulk Hogan in that arena. That arena was the TV tapings leading up to the original WrestleMania and WrestleMania 2 happened in that arena. Ricky the Dragon Steamboat got hung by Don Morocco in that arena. The Machines debuted in that arena. So let's just start. I'm going to say some of the people I saw wrestle wrestle there. I saw... We'll start with some of the minor ones. Corporal Kirshner, Iron Mike Sharp, Johnny Rods. Then I would get into the level of George Steele, Junkyard Dog, uh, Barry Windham, Mike Rotunda, the Killer Bees, the the Dream Team, uh, the British Bulldogs, Hulk Hogan, Randy Savage, Paul Orndorff, Don Morocco, Tito Santana, Hercules Hernandez, Billy Jack Haynes. The list goes on and on and on. I saw... Jimmy Snuka faced Hercules Hernandez in a steel cage where, in that arena. I saw Billy Jack Haynes and Hercules Hernandez battle the crap out of each other in a chain match in that arena. I saw the, moon, the entire angle of Paul Orndorff, Hulk Hogan play out over the course of one night in that arena. From the flower shops being filmed, to them tagging up for the first time against the Moondogs, to them tagging against Stud and Bundy where Orndorff turned on Hogan. That happened in that arena. There were so many more things. I mean, it, it just... Th- that arena was a mecca. The lead-up to... Dub- the Back then, the TV sh- tapings were between... The Boston Coliseum, the uh, White Plains Civic Center, the Poughkeepsie Civic Center, Allentown, Pennsylvania, and Boston Garden. And then, uh, and oh, there was another one out on the, on the island, too. I forgot what it was. So basically, all the TV tapings were done between those, those places. That's why so many things happened in that little arena in Poughkeepsie, New York. And that's why I do call it a mecca. So 
leading out of that era, that 85, 86 era where so many little angles were filmed in that, guess what happened? Wrestling's golden age boomed. That arena had a big part in wrestling's golden age. And that is the first reason I call it a mecca. So, I am going to touch on what happened in the 90s in that era and how it led in the 90s in that arena and how it led into the Attitude Era next time, but we'll, we'll talk about that later. Uh, right now, we're going to take another quick break, and I will be right back. Beer. Hey, welcome back to the After Show. So I want to thank everybody for stopping by and listening to me rant a little bit. I'm a little sorry that I don't have Chris Lee here helping me out. I'm not exactly what ha- sure what happened with that. But, uh, w- you know, we ran a little bit uh, of a hiccup there. So uh, I'm just going to be doing this on my own for the next little bit. But we will be going live soon. I cannot wait for that so that I can interact directly with you guys one-on-one. For now, I will be in the chat interacting when I can. But, uh yeah, in the meantime, make sure you, you check out Monty and the Pharaoh and all the other uh, stuff coming out on their channel. We've got Frank Ducks. We've got Manitar. Uh, I believe Tony Atlas is coming back soon. And don't forget to check out Pharaoh's stuff that's, that he's posting up there. You know, support us wherever you can, and uh, I will see you guys next week. Later. <laughs>